All right. Uh, nor your stranger who is in your gates. For in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days be long, long upon the earth, on the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not, shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor. All right. I know we don't read those that much. I wanted to go through them, but I want to, I want to look at one tonight. The, the, I guess we would call it the ninth one. And that is, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. A lot of times people don't, they don't really think there's nothing wrong with lying. They think lying's okay. As long as you don't really hurt nobody. That makes sense. Uh, you know, lying ain't a big deal. Right? The only thing about lying is, is that lying, it, it diminishes the credibility of a thing. Right? Uh, if, if you talk to somebody all the time and you know they got a reputation for lying, you don't really believe what they say. They're right? So, in God's case, it goes even deeper than that. God says, I shall not lie. Don't, don't be lying. Don't bear false witness. Because he understands that it takes away the credibility of a thing. Right? Credibility is important, especially when it comes to God. Right? Uh, When we start saying stuff that's in here that's not in here, or people start taking stuff and twisting it up that's not in here, it messes with the credibility of the book. Right? I guess hit the... Uh, oh, yeah. It messes with the credibility. Hold on. It messes with the credibility of the book. Right? So if you mess with the credibility of it, then... Uh, well, what, is, what, am I mean? what do I say? What do I mean when I say messing with the credibility? That means that if I can't believe a piece of what's in here, that brings in, into doubt the rest of what's in here. Yes. Is that right? And so understand that uh, that's why the, Lord's, the, the Lord said in the book of Revelation, it said that you shouldn't take away anything, that you shouldn't add anything to this book. Mm-hmm. It said if you take away, you add anything, he's going to add the curses to you. It's very serious about credibility. With this book, right? And, and what are, what are when people try to attack the kingdom and try to attack the Lord? What's the main way that they try to attack it? Through the credibility yeah. of the book, because they know if, if I can get you to ain't look to, to doubt the Bible, to doubt God, right? Then I can I can get you if I can doubt the Word, I can get you to doubt God. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Once you once you can establish an issue with credibility or something in one area, then you can come to bring in the question of credibility in another area. That's why the truth is important. That's why God don't want us to be lying. Right? That's why, you know, 
One thing I talk about, you know, it's, it's tough being a, 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 it's tough being in the ministry. It's not easy. Right? And so uh, when, when, when men of God have done things in the past, you know, you can't really cover up for it. Right? Because then we lose our credibility. If they done it, then they done it. Uh, if, if the man of God, hey, look, they found him with another man. Oh, no, that didn't happen. No, that's what happened. Right? Because we don't want to have a habit of lying and people cover up things in the kingdom of God. Now they think that we just lie to try to have it our way. That's true. That, that makes sense? So, so no, yeah, no. Hey, hey listen, we, that happened. Right? But that's not everybody. You understand where I'm coming from? You don't have to hide, hide, lie and hide it from them. Yeah, that happened. This person failed. That happened. But that's not everybody. Right? So we, when we start lying, it takes the, it takes, it takes the credibility of Christianity takes it. They'll lie for each other. They'll, they, you know, this, no, you can't be lying because it, it speaks to the credibility of a thing. Right? And, and so, uh, in our faith, when our, when our, uh, the credibility of the word of God comes into question, it messes with our faith. Right? So therefore we can't be going around lying. We, we, we don't, we don't want to be people that listen to somebody that twist up the word and tell lies about it. We want, he says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed. Get the truth on the map. And all you're getting, get an understanding. Yeah. Right? I wrote this. The best way to steal the truth is to present just present an ineffective copy that closely resembles the truth. The best way to steal the truth is to present an ineffective copy that closely resembles the truth. That's, that's the best way to steal the truth. People will put effort, even half-hearted effort, into a copy, and the results will be to some degree possibly seen, but they are not to be compared to wholehearted effort put into an original. Let me do that one again. And I just downloaded the way God gives it to me. I type it the way God gives it to me. <laughs> right? So if somebody needs to run on sentences, God speaks run on sentences. <laughs> right? People will put effort, even half-hearted effort, into the copy Right? Hey, let's, let's stop right there for a second. Half-hearted effort into a copy. That means that I take an effort and put it into something that's not true. Right? I'm, I'm going along with it. I'm, I'm putting effort into it with the expectation that it's going to yield back to me results. Right? So I'm going to put effort into something uh, that is not really true. Nonetheless, I'm putting effort into it expecting results. Right? Stay with me. People will put effort, even half-hearted effort into the copy, and the results will be the sum, to some degree possibly seen. So you might get a little bit of results from putting something, effort into something that ain't really true. You might get a little bit of results from it, right? But it's not what you expect out of it. You expect this thing to do something incredible, therefore you put the effort into it, you get half-hearted return from it, then you think, man, something wrong with it. Now, it ain't nothing wrong with it, it just ain't the real deal. That's good. 
Ain't nothing wrong with it. Well, ain't nothing wrong with the real deal. It's wrong with that. Something wrong with that one because it's a copy. But see, you don't know it's a copy. And you're expecting real deal results from a copy. Something that's not, that's not real. And when I say a copy, I'm not talking about now, you know, this ain't the only watch that they made like this one, right? So if I get another watch, a copy of this watch, and it functions, this, they may have a mold and they're all the same. I'm not talking about something like that. I'm talking about something that is one of a kind, right? It's supposed to be only one kind, one of a kind, and then somebody else presented me something that looked like it. Like, you know, you know, folks go to New York City, different places down the hall when they're at, and they come back with, with these, uh, with these custom purses and stuff like that. And, and at discounted prices, but it's not real. Right? So then after a while, they go around with custom purses or whatever it is, and, uh, then the, uh, the straps start to unravel. <laughs> right? The straps start to come loose, and the people get all upset because the, 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 the strap then came loose. Well, you, you expect it to last. You know you only paid $25 for it. <laughs> and the real one cost $700. You expecting original results out of a cheap copy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right? This is an original right here. Come on. It's an original. You can't fault or not or diminish your belief in the original because you've gotten a hold of something before that was a cheap copy. Don't keep this thing with me. Stay with me. People will put effort, even half-hearted effort, into a copy, and the results will be to some degree possibly seen, but they are not to be compared to wholehearted effort put into an original. Let's look at the scriptures. Let's say there's a scripture that, of one of God, God's promises. And I talk about believing the Bible, believing what God promised. <laughs> If I put my faith in something that God promised, right, I can, I can expect for something, uh, a godly result to come out of it. If I twist up the scripture and put my faith in something I twisted up or not, didn't really understand, it's not God's fault that I don't get the results that I would have gotten if I had been working with a legitimate promise. Right, not what he promised. Good. You know what she said? That's not what he promised to begin with. I use this example. This is my go-to example. Right? Uh, if I say, uh, the Bible says when I pray, uh, believe I receive. The pastor taught us to believe we receive. What taught us why we can't believe. You know, I'm standing. I've done, done all the standing. I'm standing. I believe I receive. I'm standing there for, uh, uh, for such and such his wife. <laughs> but we got some truth in that, don't we? Right? We got believe you receive after you've done all the standing. Standing, right? But what we don't got is, we're missing the part where he says what God's drawing together, that no one put asunder. And we just read it here in the Ten Commandments. Do not covet your neighbor's stuff and no one cover your neighbor's wife. Hmm. Right? So I, I'm working with two scriptures, but then I blew it on one. <laughs> right along. Yeah. I'm working with two scriptures, but I blew it on one. And see, I'm expecting results. I'm expecting her to get mad at him and leave him and come and be with me. Now, what am I going to do with Pastor Lori? Right? And what's she, what, what she going to do with him? 
I believe I receive. Right. Well, listen, listen. Listen. But but I'm, but listen. I'm putting effort, Pastor Ben. I believe I receive such and such and such. Yeah. Yeah. But I have been standing. I have been standing. I've been weird. I've been desiring such and such, such for two years. And after I've done all the stand, I'm continuing to stand. And I, I have had pa- you, the word says that I have need of patience. For sister such and such. Or brother such and such. Whatever you want to do. Right? I have I have need of patience. So that's my example. Everybody can get that example, right? So so I got a couple of good scriptures and then I went south. Wait. Right? So so now I'm upset. Listen, this ain't far fetched what I'm telling y'all. Don't don't listen. Tell the truth. And really shame the devil. This kind of stuff happens in church. Right? This ain't far-fetched. So now, listen, I'm upset with God. I'm upset with God. And you know what I say? I believe the faith stuff don't work. Yeah. Right? Because I, if this wasn't legitimate, what I was I was believing for, I'm upset with God. I'm using that for an example. It could be anything else. It could be something not as wild as that. Okay, but if you get it twisted up, uh, I remember uh, Kenneth Hagin. I think I told y'all this before. They asked the boy, the little boy, what's the definition of a lie? <laughs> right? And the little boy said, a lie is an abomination to God and a very present help in time of trouble. <laughs> a lie is an abomination to God and a very help, present help in time of trouble. Both them scriptures in the Bible. <laughs> but they don't go together. Is that right? I'm, I'm giving you some wild examples. Because I want to I wanna drive this point home. And I'm going to show you all how, how the Lord took me down this road in just a second. I was watching a, a show. Turned the TV on. It was on this channel. Well, it wasn't on that channel. You, got your guide, you know how you got your guide on the TV and they tell you this is on. Then a couple of night lines down low. And so they started talking, it said something about this cult uh, that had happened uh, some years back, and it was a documentary on this cult. And so I said, hmm, I was drawn to it for some reason, I believe now it was the Holy Ghost. So I look at it, and they're talking about this, this guy uh, who was born uh, in a Jewish family, and he presented himself uh, to be a prophet first. And then he presented himself to be Jesus, and then after that, he's like, shoot, I'm, I'm already... Shooting for you know, shooting for the stars. You know, I was shooting for the moon. I might as well go ahead and hit the shooting for the stars. I might as well hit the moon. And now I'm God. Every few years he switched it up. Went from prophet to uh, to Jesus to God. Now he got these people going. Anybody ever seen anything about a cult? Yeah. Right. Got these people going right from the Bible. And most of the stuff that he was talking about was legitimate principles and scriptures in the Bible. But then he took them to another place. Right, and he started adding his own stuff and his own interpretation of the scripture. In there, got these folks out in the left field. Right, I don't know how many of y'all remember, but I just remember from the movie. But uh, how many of y'all remember Jim Jones and the Guyana tragedy? Yeah. I remember Jim Jones. Jim Jones had the people all over, and I don't know where Guyana is. I think it's in Africa somewhere. He got these people in the left field. And that's where the term "drinking the Kool Aid" came from. Yeah. Right, got these people over in the left field, 
and teaching them stuff and the people holding on, you know, and, and terrible things happen, just unbelievable things that happen with some of these people. Uh, the other guy in Waco, David Koresh, right? Now what, what happened that really got me was that after the person was busted or the whole thing got busted up or whatever, the collateral damage of the people that happened. The people devastated. They were ruined. Most of them ruined for life. Don't want to believe nothing about God. Don't want to believe nothing about church. This, that, and the other. Why is that? Their belief system was impacted by this encounter with the counterfeit. Yeah. Their belief system was impacted by a previous encounter with the counterfeit. We've been talking about this for weeks. About things that, that influence us, our mind, our will, and our emotions. There, there were people that were very close to them, and I, I won't go into the details because I don't want to. I don't want want to put it in your head. I don't want. I don't even want to put it into your mind. Some of the things that they told these people, but it was enough to shake them up. It was ridiculous, terrible. It was like almost like how could you go for that, right? But but that wasn't. The, this wasn't the only one. But I've seen times before to where these people would come out and they they never served God ever again, right? So so. Let me ask you a question for your own benefit. It needs to come from you. Was God at fault because of this situation? No. He wasn't at fault. So why do we blame God and never get involved with God because of an experience that we had with a counterfeit? Amen? Let's take it to something else. If you don't understand your Bible... You don't understand your Bible. And when I, when I or somebody else start teaching you about trusting and believing God, I didn't say trust and believe me. Trust and believe what you read, God, read uh, that God promised in the Bible. If you don't have an understanding about it, and we talked about it last week, we proved that point last week, that you can't tell me what God won't do if I'm not willing to make the same sacrifices of someone else that he did something spectacular for. If I'm not willing to go to those limits, you can't tell me God won't do it because we saw what they did to cause God's hand to move in that situation, right? One of the examples that we talked about last week was we talked about the woman with the issue of blood and how, uh, and we read through it. And we read through it and we saw the fact that the Bible, uh, the account was that Jesus was walking and uh, the multitudes of people, the, the scripture says they were thronging him. That means they were all around him, pushing and shoving him. We had the people come up and we did the il- illustration of, you know, it wouldn't have been enough just for people to get close to Jesus. If you get close to somebody important, you want to shake their hand, right? You want to touch them. They want, I guarantee you, everybody wanted to touch Jesus. They had heard about it, right? So we talked about the story of, of how that happened and, and how that the woman... Said uh, she had heard about Jesus. She said, "If I can come behind him, but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole." Right. So she said that to herself, and then she actually she spoke it first. Then she did it. She come and she touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says Jesus turned around and said, "Who touched me?" First, he said that he felt virtue go out from him. Then he turned around and said, "Who touched me?" And the multitude, the, the disciples said, "You see the multitude strongly. How can you ask us who touched you?" In other words, everybody touching you, right? But she touched him with a Mark chapter uh, uh, 11 touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whosoever. She touched him with a touch of faith. 
And, and so we, we also looked at it and we all agreed. We all agreed. We, we agreed, right? It wasn't just me. We agreed that according to the scripture, that, that she didn't come up to Jesus and say, Mr. Jesus, this is my situation. All right? The Bible tells the backstory, but she didn't tell the backstory to Jesus. The woman had already got her healing by the time Jesus turned around and even knew what happened. The woman was already healed. That's what the Bible said. The Bible said, Jesus said, who touched me? I felt virtue go through me. So Jesus didn't turn around and hear her case and say, oh, I feel so sorry for you. Let me hook you up. It was already done. And then on top of that, Jesus confirmed what I'm saying by telling the woman, woman, thou faith has made thee whole. Okay, so again, here we are, we're we talking about things of this nature. And some of us, we, we, again, we, the point we're making is we're dealing with our, why our belief system won't kick in gear. So maybe you've encountered somebody else or another situation where uh, you said, well, hey, look, I tried that. I, I trusted God. I did this, that, and the other. Whatever. And it, don't, it ain't working for me. So, so listen, another thing is there's a story. <laughs> there's a story of a, uh, it's actually a joke. <laughs> right, story of joke. What's the difference? One of them's funny, the other one ain't. Right? There's a story of a man who went and bought a chainsaw. Who know that story? You know the chainsaw story. Everybody, raise your hand. You know the chainsaw story. Man went and bought a chainsaw, and he get out. And they told him he, he was a he was a uh, uh, what do you call? What's that? People who chop trees. Down? Lumberjack, right? The lumberjack, and he chops he chops trees down, right? Who heard this story? Now you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so he chops trees down, right, with an axe. He's a lumberjack. He ain't heard that story, Pastor. Oh, no, that ain't Paul. Paul Bunyan. <laughs> so he, no, no, it wasn't Paul Bunyan. So he chops trees down with an axe, and uh, so he went into the store to get him another axe. Well, you know, times are changing, and uh, he, they said, "Well, how many trees you chop down in a day?" And he was, you know. Was it Paul Bunyan? Yeah. Right, well, just some big guy. So, he's, so he says that he chopped down. He said, how many trees you chopped down in a day? They said, well, you know, uh, uh, I think the man said he chopped down uh, hundred trees or something like that. He's big. It's a, it's a super story, right? So he chopped down hundred trees with an axe. Well, they told him you ought to be able to. Uh, no, no, I think he chopped down ten or twenty. They told him you get you take this chainsaw. You ought to be able to chop down, uh, you know, a hundred or something like that, right? So he gets the chainsaw and goes back over there and, uh, and uh, he goes to work with it. Then he brings bring it back over to the place. He said, this don't work. Right? They said, well, what do you mean it don't work? He said, you said I'd be able to chop down 100 trees with the chainsaw and I only got 50. And he said, and it's all beat up. And so uh, he said, it don't work. So the man grabbed the, 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 the pull string on the chainsaw and fired it up and the lumberjack dude jumped back. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped back. He said, what, what did you just do? He said, well, I started it up. He said, I didn't know it did that. <laughs> so he chopped down a hundred trees just using it like that. Yeah. That's a funny joke, man. That's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> right? so, so listen. <laughs> okay, so listen. It's not the people at the store's fault that the man didn't know how the thing worked. Amen. The man didn't know how it worked. So he didn't get the results that they promised him because he didn't know how to work the thing. Come on now. Amen. And so how many times have we went and bought a Christmas gift? Listen, I got a watch at home. I, I liked it. I got it from Sam's. I, I think I paid like we paid like $99 for the watch. I liked the watch. Mama got it for me for Christmas. And so I, 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 I just like how it looked. Right? 
And so I, I went, uh, we were walking through the mall, and they had another one, name brand of it. And I looked at the watch, and I said, oh, man, I like that one. Nice. It was like the Aquaman's version. It's got these, I, I can't explain it. But it's a nice watch, right? Uh, Invicta watch. So the man began to tell me about the watch. He said, yeah, you can, you know, it'll, it'll work up to uh, 4,000 feet deep. Dive. I said, whoa. He said, yeah, yours will work up to uh, 1,500 feet deep. I said, it will? And so then he showed me, he said, well, this is the, the hang. It's got these three hands on it, and you can do like a stopwatch, a second on it. And he said, on the one he had in his hand. He said, yours will do that too. I said, well. <laughs> Right, right. So, so my wife can do all kinds of stuff. Now, I'm wearing the watch. All over the place, wearing the watch. You know, and, and when I would go in the kitchen in the restaurant to wash the dishes, I put on my $10 watch uh-huh. from Walmart. It's waterproof. Uh-huh. I love that watch. It's waterproof. It's waterproof, right? <laughs> so, Ms. Marcelino, I put on the $10 waterproof watch, and I wash the dishes with that thing. I take the other watch off. Uh-huh. Oh. $1,500 feet, and I'm scared <laughs> but I don't know about it. The point I'm trying to make, I don't know what it'll do. Amen? And so again, you can't doubt God because you don't 100% know what he will do or you had a bad experience some, in some other situation. Come on. God don't like your lying because it, it taints the credibility. Now, now he, he said a whole lot of stuff and he got down there toward the end and he had that one right there, number nine. Don't be telling lies. Because he understands that every time somebody lies, it messes with the credibility. And he don't want the credibility that they mess with. Why? Because there are so many promises in there that can change your life. That's why preachers get in hot water. For not, for using, for manipulating the Bible. He said, listen, you got a, this, you got a real responsibility when you talk about opening this Bible and explaining it to somebody. Because, li- li- listen, the basis of the Bible is trust. Yeah. It's trust. This is our connection to God. It's our connection to God. We, we, we don't, we don't want to miss or make people. That's, that's why it's, it's not a good thing to be a, a counterfeit Christian. Ooh, that's good. Why? Because you're representing God. Mm-hmm. And when people look at you, you've told them, I'm a Christian. I go to this church, I do this, this, and the other, all these different things. And so then, once, now, now let, me, let, me, let me do a disclaimer. You can be the best Christian in the world. Some folks will still say you're counterfeit. That's true. Right? I'm not talking about you person giving effort. I'm talking about you just really a fraud. <laughs> there was a man, I was watching the other day, I think I was telling you know, about this in your house. And I was watching, uh, Something came up on my phone, YouTube, and they had a uh, guy on there talking about he was a comedian, telling jokes. Right? And I could see he was in the church. I use it. Church jokes don't really think that funny to me. It's not that funny. It's just, I mean, you can be a Christian and make jokes, but church jokes, how many jokes are you going to hear about the choir director? And, you know, this is not funny. So for some reason, I, I clicked the thing, and the man was funny. Right? The man was funny. So I'm, I'm listening to the man, and we, uh, Pastor Lori and I both watched him. And so when he got to the end, the pastor, he was at the church, the pastor came back up. And the pastor came back up and uh, uh, and I saw the pastor. I said, oh, I said, that's that guy that they found overdosed in the hotel 
with the two prostitutes. Right? 10,000 member church. TBN regular. Two prostitutes called the folks. We up here in the, in the room with such and such. He's unresponsive. 10,000 members. And you got cocaine and prostitutes. That's a counterfeit. So when something like that happens, and it makes, you know it's good on the news. National news. Man of God, 10,000 evangelical preachers, such and such, found in the, in the hotel room unresponsive, overdosed on cocaine with two prostitutes. You think that don't make an impact on this? See, now when they look at me, that's why a lot of times I go places, I don't be just broadcasting it on the past. I just want to sell them on the fact that I'm a Christian. Once you find out I'm a good Christian, then yeah, I'm a pastor. I want to sell them that I'm a good Christian. Because most pastors that I've seen, I'm not going to say most, a lot of pastors. A lot of pastors good dudes. I don't just knock on pastors. I'm not a pastor. Hey. But, but a lot of times, the pastor, well, in a lot of cases, they want respect just because they're the pastor. You don't get respect just because you're the pastor. You get respect because you act like the pastor. And so now, because of things that have happened before, in today's time that we live, right? In today's time that we live, again, you, that these offices and things like that have taken hits on the credibility, right? So people are doubting now. People are doubting. The word of God because of the the relationship of the person. Amen. So so what we we are God's representatives. We are what people look at to see God. And if we present it in a bad light, then it's going to affect how somebody how somebody believes. But what we have to do now is we have to look at our life and say in the way of not being able to believe Right in the way I'm not going to ever believe. What has happened to me in my life? What have I encountered? Who has represented God improperly to me that's causing my faith to be clogged up and for me not to accept what God said to me? That's good. Last week we also said that the, uh, the man asked the Lord, he said, he asked the Lord, the man that needed healing, he said, if, he said, if thou art willing Thou can make me clean. And so Jesus said, I will be clean. He said, if you're willing, you can. Amen? If you're willing, you can. So we ask each other, based upon the nature of God that we know, do we think that He's that he can and that he will? If I'm in a situation wrestling with a sickness or something like that, do I believe he can? Do I believe he will? And most of us said, first, the first thing we jumped on was the can. Yeah, we all can believe it can. And then we had to come along on the wheel, but we got there. Right? Based on the nature of God. Why wouldn't he heal us? Why wouldn't he help us? Because he loved us. The Bible said that he gave us everyone. He gave us his son. There's no great thing he can do for us. So we established that he can. We established that he will. Right? So, so what? So then, that let us know that if there, we cross those two things off. God can, God will. That means that whatever we ain't getting ain't got nothing to do with God. It's us. So now we have to look at it. We have to figure out why is our 
faith pipe clogged up. And I present to you again, and you have to ask yourself, what have I encountered that could cause me not to believe that God is willing to do what, what I need him to do? Have I encountered a counterfeit? Have I encountered somebody who was not what they said they would be, who taught me something that the Bible didn't say, that caused me to believe something that the Bible don't say? Is that why I can't get my faith in gear? Is my understanding of what uh, I'm believing God for, what God is willing to do for me, is my understanding in a certain place? Have I spent enough time in the Word? Do I attend church regularly? Do I have a prayer life? Do I know God? Do I have a relationship with God? If I have a relationship with God, right, then I should be able to, to, to ask, ask the Lord, hey, listen, God, I need this from you. I believe you can. I believe you will. And that's, that's all on. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All those things have passed away, and all things have become new. This is what God said. Yeah. This, is the, this is how it is with God. God said, everything, an old thing has passed away on my end. Every old thing, everything is new on my end. You are the one holding on to your past. Stopping yourself from getting the breakthrough, I promise you can happen. You, you, you the one. You the one. The question is, and I had a, a pastor friend of mine who said this. He said, he asked this question. He says, when are we going to stop? Becoming and just go ahead and be that. When am I going to stop becoming and just go ahead and be that? The Bible says, so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I can change what I am by changing what I think. I can change what I am by changing what I think. Listen, I think, listen, listen to me. I think, matter of fact, I want to see who comes with me. I about had enough of being broke. I think I'm going to be rich. When I change my thinking, my expectation changes. When I change my thinking, my expectation changes. I'm tired of being depressed. I think I'm going to be happy. But you can't do that, Pastor. Are you teaching New Age philosophy? No! I'm teaching the Bible. So is a man thinks in his heart. So is he. God said you got a problem with your mind. The Bible says, let this, this let this mind be in you, who that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not e- uh, robbery to be equal with God, but at the same time, humbled himself. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. What did it say? It said we have to renew our mind yeah. with God's word, with the washing of the water out of the word. So listen, you sitting here now, listen to me. You sitting in here in church right now. Stuck in a place of unbelief, non-belief, because you have things in your mind that are stuck in there from previous things before all things became new and all the old has passed away. You're stuck. And until you accept that this is now how it is, you're going to be stuck wherever you are. Until you accept. And you say, and so even, listen, even right now, your mind is fighting with you about what I'm saying. Your mind's arguing with you about what I'm saying. And, and I'm not saying nothing other than the scriptures say. I wouldn't do that. So as a man thinking his heart, so is he. You have to renew your mind with the word of God. I'm, I, listen, I got it. If you have to renew your mind, that means that 
God understands there's a process. Though things have changed on my end, I know there's a process for you to get out of you what needs to get out of you. Yeah, that's good. That's it. 40-year process with the children of Israel stuck in the, in the waiting room because they wouldn't believe. God said, listen, now here, ooh, watch this. Here it is in the Bible, what I'm talking about right now. We, we leave, we leave in Egypt, going over to a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm gonna take you from the bondage, and I'm gonna put you in the promised land. Ooh, come on. That sounds good. Come on. Some of them stuck over here not believing, not believing that God would do it, right? But he didn't make the promise. So it wasn't that God was lying, it wasn't that God wouldn't do it, it was that they refused to believe that he would do it. So God said, you know what? I can't work past what you won't believe, no matter why you won't believe. I can't get beyond that. I can't work beyond that. So what I'm going to have to do is, y'all, all of y'all follow me over here. To the waiting room. You listen, I'm trying to put you on the table and give you surgery and cut off the doubt and the unbelief. You don't want to go into surgery. All of the texts are prepped. The room has been sanitized. The the surgeon, they got the surgical tools to put you on the table. You don't want to go into surgery. Let me get somebody else in here. You follow me over here to the waiting room. Ain't nothing wrong on God in problems with us. Yeah. Nothing wrong on our end of problems on God's end of problems is with us. That's a good example. God made them a promise of something that was so good that they couldn't believe He would do it. They didn't have no problem trusting. They said God was going to come pick them up someday because they were crying out. They never lost their faith in crying out. But when God said, now I'm here, let's go do it. I can't believe you're going to take us over here and do this. Then God said, all right, I know you have a little problem believing. So I'm going to send y'all some of your people over there to check it out. Some of the leadership, go check it out. <laughs> they go over there to check it out. The leadership come back eating grapes. <laughs> The Bible says the cluster of grape was so big it took two men to pack it. It was like a tree limb. I ain't never seen nothing like that in Walmart. I'm in mean, every day. <laughs> they walking out with these grapes coming back over there. Yeah, it was amazing. It was tremendous over there. I'm telling you, that God, he doesn't lie. Here, you want to taste this? It's organic. Taste that. Taste that. It's organic. Also, good news, we're going, right? Ah, uh, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys were there too big, too big. I had a guy who should have seen the muscles on the one guy. This guy, guy a young guy, smiley guy. Yeah, I think they said his name was Alex. He was just big <laughs> over there. We can't, no, no. The grapes, enjoy the grapes, but sit down. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you, no way. What was the difference in the two that got the chance to go and all the rest of them that didn't get a chance to go? Mm-hmm. 
their faith. Faith always makes a difference. It always makes a difference. Now, I don't know why. What was different about Joshua and Caleb that they had inside of them that they, they weren't working from the same stuff the other people were? Joshua and Caleb had no problems. The Lord enlightened them. We can go and we can take it. But faith made the difference. Hallelujah. Faith always makes the difference. Yes. So we have to find out. We, and that's, that's what we're doing here. We're going to find out what is clogging up our belief system. In some cases, it's family stuff that's happened. In some cases, we got a hold of some bad doctrine. In some cases, we ain't heard enough of the word yet. But it's not God because he's willing and he can. He can and he's willing. Pastor Man was talking to me about somebody that, that he had met. Uh, and this guy started a men's home. And so he, Pastor Ben was telling me a story. He said, this guy's been saved for eight years. He started this men's home. He said, I, I think, he said, I've been saved for 13 years. This guy's already started a men's home in eight years. And so we caught something. We caught a moment. And I said, Pastor Ben, I said, oh. I said, what you got to understand is he may have a background, an administrative background, and maybe even in something, a nonprofit like this. So... He's going to be further ahead than you are, right? And sometimes that's how it is. Some people, you will think, why is it taking me so long to get to this place when, when this person just very quickly gets to that place, right? I told you before, man, uh, if I'd have known God would have me on a 20-year plan, I would have I I dropped out. <laughs> but God couldn't come up to me and tell me, son, I love you, I choose you. I'm anointing you right now. In 20 years, matter of fact, we're 25, so 25 years, I'm going to start to move in your life. I would have told him, no, thank you, sir. We're going to do something else. But the Lord does you like a preacher. Where do you think the preachers get it from? I'm about to close. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to close. Right, right, right. right, right. We're five years in. Listen here. Breakthrough. Preacher come in and say, breakthrough on the horizon for you, young man. And the prophecy will come every so many years. God consistent. And so the prophecy gets you fired back up again. Hey, listen. I'm, hey, listen. Am I, y'all know what I'm talking about? So God is stretching that time out. But God knew you're a 20-year man. With the, with the crap that's on the inside, been deposited on the inside of you, it's going to take me 20 years to get it out. You're a 20-year man. Stuff that your family, your environment, and things have exposed you to. The things that I have destined for you to do. Now, now watch this. Watch this. The 20 years of things that you've been exposed to can slow you down, but they also give you the fire to do the work that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Because there's something in them 20 years that has got you aggravated. That's got you... Got you Live to the point to make a change. Something that you've seen over the course of that time in your past, and your purpose is in that. Something. Listen, I want to do away with this. I, listen, my, 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 my big thing was that there was nobody really in my family that had any kind of aspiration to do anything big. Not, not just my family, but the people that were around me. It was not like I can, we're going to take what's given to us. We're not going to, there's no way we can change our destiny. So for me, when I, when the first, I remember the first time when I started hearing about faith, my ear was, whoa. 
That's why I went the way I did with evangelism. Give me two minutes and we're going to be done. That's why I went, went the way I did with evangelism. It's because when I finally heard God, I thought, this is incredible. Do you mean God's been around all this time and no one's told me about him? And it wasn't that nobody told me about him. They didn't tell me in a way that I could hear. They didn't tell me in a way that I could relate. So it set my life on a journey to bring God to people in a way that they could relate. That's where the movies and all that stuff came from. That's why the outreaches and the events and all that stuff that I've done before, that's where it came from. Because people have to get God in a way that they can relate. That's why I talk how I talk. Right? I have a passion for people to understand what I'm trying to say. I have a passion for that. So, so the things that hurt you will drive and fuel where you're trying to go. Right? But God also knows that some of the things that you've experienced in your life have damaged you to the point where it's going to take X amount of time to get it out of your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's enough for tonight.